Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man named G. Marcus Grant, and uh, kind of a different setup today. We are not in our normal podcast studio. We are in a conference room, and sitting right behind me is a giant uh, mural of Sam Darnold that I'm trying to figure out how to sneak out of here. It's going to be really awkward because I walk to work, and so when I'm like trudging down the street with a mural that is taller than me, uh, might be a little bit weird. But we are still joined by our normal cast of characters. Uh, I would say across the glass, but just across the table. It's producer Christina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So I guess good news and bad news. I mean, this is you're transitioning out. This is our last. This is our last show together, huh? This is. Uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a short ride. Very short, but, but fun. But fun. <laughs> so hopefully, we'll, I, I know this is not necessarily the end of you, but uh, hopefully we'll see you around. But uh, we will miss you here uh, on the Fantasy Live podcast. It's been great, though. So, I will miss it as well. All right. Well, and then uh, Eddie Murphy is here. Eddie Spaghetti. He's not on headset, but uh, he's here. So just trust me that he's here. He's, uh, he's fiddling, fiddling with knobs and dials, and he's trying to make this thing sound good. So there's that. Uh, and then coming back, she was with us a couple of weeks ago, and now she is back here. It is Cynthia Freeland. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy. glad Sam – I'm glad I could be here on the same day as Sam. Happy uh, happy early birthday. Can Ugh, I say that? Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Not a big birthday celebrator. Not a big fan of it, but, you know, it'll happen anyway. Hey, you know what? You have made another trip around the sun, and that is something to be celebrated because not everybody gets to say that every year. So there we go. Uh, we got plenty to talk about. <laughs> this dark. Is, <laughs> I know. I guess it was, it huh? A turn. I was. That was not. That was. It was not intended to be, but it, it, it came out wrong. So uh, let's there pour we go. a little out for all our. Right, for everybody, for everybody, everybody who didn't make it around the sun this year is a shout out to all you guys. This is for you. Uh, this is our NFL fantasy draft extravaganza. We will talk mostly kind of draft strategies and guys you're targeting, guys you are fading. Um, just because this is the third week of the preseason. This is the week. That is considered the dress rehearsal where teams play their starters most of the game and so they kind of firm up the top of their depth charts. And this is the week that a lot of leagues decide to have their draft. So we will try to give you as much draft information as we can packed into the next 45 minutes or so. We will also talk to one of the good, truly good, truly smart, hardworking guys in the fantasy industry. That is Bob Harris. You can find his work over at Football Diehards. Also, you can hear him on Sirius XM Radio. Just one of the good people in this industry. So I'm excited to have him on. We'll talk a little bit about some of his his draft strategies, especially in some of the non-conventional leagues. We'll talk about auctions a little bit. We'll talk about best ball. We'll get his thoughts on some of the big highlights and the headlines from the recent weeks. But speaking of headlines, let's do some news. Let's do the news. All right, we will start. Uh, not a lot of news because I want to get to the draft stuff here, but we'll start in Kansas City where the Chiefs cut veteran running back Charkandrick West. Last year, not a whole lot of work for West, just 18 carries, 72 yards. He's missed most of training camp this year with a concussion. So, Cynthia, I suspect this means good things uh, for Spencer Ware in this backfield. I mean, if you're going to be targeting this backfield at all 
and you're looking for depth here in your later rounds, it absolutely means that Ware's back on the board. Super late, in my opinion, though. Yeah, I think super, super late. Yeah, I think he's definitely a an end of draft sort of uh, you know guy that you're taking a shot at. But remember, this is a guy who had nearly a thousand yards rushing just a couple of years ago before he got hurt. So uh, I'm curious to see exactly how the Chiefs use him. That's the thing I'm going to watch this weekend to see how the Chiefs kind of sprinkle him in. Uh, up to New England, the Patriots cut Kenny Britt. I don't know if that's a huge surprise. They're reportedly not interested in Des Bryant. Also, not a surprise. Not really a surprise there either. Uh, but you look at. Their wide receiver situation, right? They released Jordan Matthews. They released Malcolm Mitchell. Both guys were having injury issues all summer long. Um, meanwhile, the other wide receivers there, Julian Edelman, who we know is suspended to start the season. There's Chris Hogan. There's Eric Decker. There's Philip Dorsett. And there's Cordero Patterson. I know we believe in the greatness of Tom Brady, and he's done it for so long, And he's but he's 41 years old. Um, you know, Regardless of how much he says he wants to play, at some point, you know, father time comes for all of us. And I know he's always done it with wide receivers that don't seem all that great. But, I mean, at some point, right, the, the, the wheels have to fall off this wagon, right? I mean, I think that the Wynn news, the losing their draft pick in Isaiah Wynn mm-hmm. um, on the O-line, that's a little bit more troublesome to me than not being interested in Dez or cutting Kenny Britt, who mm-hmm. probably wasn't slated to see many of the targets anyway true you know I think those are the things that are more concerning because you know it's it is true Tom Brady when he's pressured kind of from the guard position or in the middle of that line guards and centers that's when he has turnovers that's when he and it's rare but right. that's when he that's when we see him have that erosion in his completion percentage in all of the the metrics that we look to for him so for me that the Isaiah Wynn news is actually more troubling than more interesting than any of the other ones right you talk about getting pressure on him from that guard center spot that was one of the things i think the eagles really made a focus on yeah. in the super bowl is just trying to get pressure up the middle and in his face and forcing him to make plays so and by the way uh first four games of the seasons it's what Texans, Jags, <laughs> those sound like easy games. Lions, okay, and then Dolphins. <laughs> you know, like, but those two first games, you know, the the Patriots every year in September, we don't see anything from them. We have no idea who they are until at least mid-October, True. right? Nothing. The preseason for the Patriots is September. So, you know, these two, those first two games, geez, Texans and Jaguars, like, ugh, yeah. it's going to be a rough one. They're going to see a lot of pressure. We will figure out a lot about that offensive line situation and, and how Tom Brady handles pressure uh, early in the year. Uh, last little bit of news, A.J. McCarron is limited. He's uh, kind of dodged the fracture in the collarbone that they all feared about a week or so ago. And LaShawn McCoy battling a groin injury. McCoy's day-to-day, I don't know how much that really impacts his draft stat. I think at this point you, you have you kind of made your opinion on LaShawn McCoy, yep. but – the McCarron thing, that means this is still a, a three-man race for this starting is job. It? I don't think it's a three-man race at all. Who do you I think, think it's Josh Allen. Okay. I, I don't I, – I mean, look, I, nobody's told me that. Right. I haven't talked to the team. I sometimes do talk to teams, and I will tell you when I do talk to teams so that it's more mm-hmm. legit. But I think this is Josh Allen. Like, it is. All right. Um, I mean, maybe Nathan Peterman for a game or two. A but like, But I don't think it's going to be – I don't think the A.J. McCarron stuff – Changes a lot. Interesting. I just, I, I don't know. I've looked at this quarterback situation, and I just kind of throw my hands up in the air, mostly because I think regardless of who wins the job, I'm not interested in any of them fantasy-wise. Right. Uh, and by the way, schedule matters here too. Uh, Ravens is their first game, and Chargers is their second game. Yeah, those sound like defenses I want to. That's yeah. I, go up against. I, I'm a avoid. I'm a, you know, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm not excited about that. As a fantasy manager, I don't exactly. want any of those quarterbacks. I don't want any of their wide receivers. Nope. Yeah, sure I think don't. That's, that's pretty much it there. So that is pretty much everything you need to know. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevent burnout, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall make fewer mistakes. Especially great when you're drafting a fantasy team. Look, it's not marketing, it's science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world better than they found it, but that doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell and are committed to planting one million trees by 2025. 
Don't miss these summer savings. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash live. That's lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash live for $160 off. Lisa, a better place to sleep. All right, let's get to it. It is the Fantasy Draft Stravaganza. I'm going to kind of go through sort of a, a draft and, and look at it from like the beginning, the middle, the end, and a couple of uh, big points there and kind of figure out you know how, how people are attacking this sort of thing, of course, uh, just as a lot of people going into their drafts this weekend and the next week or so. Uh, this is the time that we want to kind of get that information out there. So let's... Let's start kind of near the top here, Cynthia. Like, mm-hmm. we've spent plenty of time talking about who the number one pick should be. I mean, we know there's those four guys in there. Uh, I was even the first five picks seems sort of settled. It's, yep. In some form, in some order, it's going to be Todd Gurley, Lev Bell, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, and then probably Antonio Brown after yep. that. So the big question to me is, Who's number six? I mean, there's there's guys like Kamara, there's there's DeAndre Hopkins, there's Saquon Barkley hanging out there. I mean, if you're sitting in the sixth spot, what are you doing right now? It's not Saquon for me. Okay. I think that's overdrafting him at six. Okay. My, I guess, I guess again, I'll have to caveat that with he's more valuable in PPR than he is in standard. Okay, mm. we got it. Um, ultimately, for me, I think that Kamara is a compelling a compelling case at number six, especially because if you're like you and I, and you're very active in your trades and you're, you know, updating your, updating your players, like Mm -hmm. those first four games for Kamara obviously are going to be the ones where he scores you the most points because he doesn't have to share a backfield, you know, really as, as much as he's going to have to when um, Ingram's back from his suspension. Mm -hmm. So Kamara there, but why is Nodell Beckham Jr. getting any love on this? Uh, maybe I should, I should have put him in there, too. Yeah. I mean, OBJ is another one who's a, a legit possibility there, um, which I have no problem with, with Odell there. Uh, I have no problem with Nuke Hopkins there. I feel what like about Julio Jones, no love for him either. So I feel like, and I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. I feel like the Julio Jones slander has gone too far, right? Like he has <laughs> slipped to the second round, and everybody good. Looks at I'll it take him in the second round, round, please. I okay. would love to if I Absolutely. can get if I can get a top notch running back or maybe two wide receivers at the turn somewhere and get one of, and get Julio Jones involved in that. I am thrilled to death. And, and everybody says last year, yeah, I know he didn't have a great year and he was inconsistent. He was up and down, but really before that. This is this seems like the first year that that we really had this issue with Julio, and I think everybody has been scared off by it. And I just, you know, like I said, I think it's gone too far. Let's bring so he, Julio back. So here's here's the ones who I get confused on in this spot, right? Mm-hmm. The Dalvin Cooks, that's a confusing one for me. The Leonard Fournettes and the Melvin Gordons, because right here you could make a really strong case for any of those three. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of in that like five to ten range, mm-hmm. right? Or you could say, what are you talking about? See, sometimes for me with Melvin Gordon, I'm like, ah, like, ah, yeah. like, stay away. The volatility is crazy on that one. Melvin Gordon's a guy who, who worries me simply because he's just not efficient, right? He, he's a guy who scores because of volume because he gets the ball a lot. And I get if it, it. If it becomes a situation where, you know, if they like Austin Eckler and he works in yeah. more, or if they throw the ball more this year, if that volume's right. not there, then Melvin Gordon becomes scary for me. Exactly, but the volume is something where you're like, well, at least in the beginning of the season, it seems like that's who he's going to be. And the Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, like returning from injury, kind of like second-year guys, like Dalvin Cook I think is going to be – a really important part mm-hmm. of Kirk Cousins' success. Have you seen their O-line? Because, you know, I don't know if Kirk Cousins has time to see the O-line because <laughs> they're letting the defense come through and just crush him. So mm-hmm. I think that I think people are undervaluing. I'm not saying Dalvin Cook should be in the top five, mm-hmm. but I think people are undervaluing the Dalvin Cooks and the Leonard Fournettes. I'm not, I haven't heard as much about them as I thought. I have been big on Leonard Fournette. I had my hot take a few weeks ago that Leonard Fournette would be the RB1 in mm-hmm. fantasy at the end of the year. That I was my big that. hot take. Um, and I it's because you like his beard. I do like his beard. It's fantastic. Well, I as, see you trying to grow As one. someone who has a struggle beard, um, <laughs> I, can, I can respect Leonard Fournette's beard. Um, with Dalvin Cook, I truly believe that if he had not gotten injured right in week four, that we'd be talking about him as a first-round pick this year. I think he was on pace to be that good last season. I mean, I think he would have been up Agreed. there with the Saquons and the, the Kareem Hunts and stuff like that. And so I think next year he will for sure, as long as he stays healthy and produces the way I think he can, 
he will be a first round pick because I think he's going to be that big in the Vikings. Remember offense. when Jarek McKinnon played for the Vikings? Oh wait, we've all forgotten that already. <laughs> and that outside rushing zone scheme that they, they pulled off, and mm. all of those passes that he caught. Like Del- there's another full to Dalvin Cook's game that we haven't even fully seen yet that they're going to totally exploit because Kirk Cousins is not a great. He's not a top paid quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback in right. my opinion. Right? Yes, paid. He gets paid the most, but like, <laughs> but in terms of like, that's not where I project him to be. They're going to need, like, you got Adam Thielen. I get it. You've mm-hmm. got Stephon Diggs, who I know you love. You've got Kyle Rudolph, but you're going to need the stability from that run game in order to make all the other pieces work. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the good news for Dalvin Cook uh, is that Latavius Murray has not looked great in the preseason. Uh, I mean, not not that I was worried that Latavius Murray I know, was, I was just going to like, not that I was worried he was going to just elbow <laughs> Dalvin Cook out of the way, but you know, just in case you had some thought that maybe this would turn into a timeshare, I think you can kind and of Kareem Hunt that. gets no like it's like we love rookies. We're overvaluing Saquon Barkley. It's like, oh yeah, there's these guys on their sophomore campaign. They that, who are they? Yeah, like, I know. We're, I think everybody's <laughs> worried about that sophomore slump, right? So like, in, what ends up happening is guys like Kamara, guys like Ka- that. Uh, Kamara's like, first. Four weeks are going to be ridiculous. Like, come on. I mean, how can you not think that? Unless you believe in the greatness of you know Boston Scott. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about him. Oh totally. man. So I don't know. It's yeah. going to be. I think that number six, that six through ten or six through twelve in your league is going to be a really interesting kind of mishmash of of who gets drafted. Just because I think the first five picks are pretty well settled. Everything after that is kind of a toss up. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the kind of the middle rounds. I'm saying rounds four mm-hmm. through nine in this draft. And that that to me. Is where you can really make hay. I mean, I that feel is like, where you make your. That's where you right win or lose or we, whatever. We talk so much about the first two or three rounds. It's those middle rounds where things are a little bit unsettled. Where you know you you may get snaked from a pick. You you may just kind of you know end up tilting when something happens. By the way, I pick in front of you. You do. I think it's me and then you. It is. In well, our, I uh, guess like when we snake around, then it's you and me. Yeah. This but is yeah. Uh, for our our NFL fantasy live draft. Which, by the way, shameless self promotion. You can see. On NFL Network on September 3rd. It's Labor Day. On Labor We're Day. laboring. So we will be laboring while you guys can sit back and, and have some barbecue, uh, you know, cook and out a little bit. Be sure to at Marcus every single thought you have about his picks. Please Every do. thought possible. Please he, do. He really loves when his mentions I, blow up like I that. I just, you know, I, favorite. I have nothing better to do on Labor Day than go through <laughs> my mentions and have people just, like, flaming me. for. <laughs> I will say this as an aside. What I love is when you put, like, you put your draft out there, like a mock draft or a real draft, and you ask for, like, suggestions. You ask for like feedback on it and you'll get one person who's like this draft is awful you're never going to win anything and then the next person's like this looks great you're a playoff team for sure like <laughs> it's just it's proof that none of us know anything no. about so uh but looking at the mid rounds there i was calling it kind of rounds four through nine here and, then, okay. and there are some guys that we've seen kind of move up and down guys that you, that you have your eye on i mean is there anybody or maybe a couple of names in there that you really had your eye on somewhere in this range well, I'm trying to, to me, tight ends are always like, I think I like know more about tight ends than other people. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. <laughs> but it literally just depends on where the auto draft sets the tight ends and like when there's a run. To be honest with you, it's kind of true. Um, so ultimately for me, I'm not reaching for a Gronk. I know probably those first four weeks, Gronk will be heavily targeted given the all of the slew of things going on in New England. But I'm not going to reach for a Gronk. I'm not going to – I mean, I don't think I'll get Ertz. He seems to be he, – he'll probably be too rich for my blood too. I, I think I saw that Fab's like all over Trey – Trey Burton. Yep, Trey yep. Burton. Um, and I, Okay, yeah, I'm into it. But for me, like a, a George Kittle, if I can get him as late as possible, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that. Like I, I think that that – you know, we haven't seen a lot from the 49ers in terms of deep passing outside the numbers. We really haven't. Mm-hmm. So I think that the utilization of a tight end as an extra pass catcher is going to be a big deal, especially early in the season. And I know Jarek McKinnon, he, that could be a good one for those. I don't know if he'll fall that low. I think like a lot of fantasy analysts have maybe propped up his ADP so. too high. <laughs> but I think originally he would have been a good target for kind of like round six or five. Like right. you would have gotten a steal then. But I think he's too, he's been bit up a little bit too high. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like we the, we have bid up a lot of the Niners very high yep. over the last few I weeks. I think Amari Cooper might fall. I think he's definitely going to fall. that could be a pretty tasty snack to pick up late. Okay, so how far does he have to fall? Because I, I have been fading pretty much all Raiders, right? Like, I'm just so scared of that offense. How far would Amari Cooper have to fall for him to become a value for you? Ooh. Drops are not something I like. Like, I can't. And I know that he hasn't dropped this year, blah, 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 but it's been a while. But, like, come on, no drops. Like, that's scary. But I think 
five, maybe late four, like on that turn, because, okay. you know, whatever, the end. So I see him, right? I mean, I'm looking at Fantasy Football Calculator, yep. and, and their 12-team PPR ranking still has him late third round, and I just... Yeah, was Right, exactly. That's, that's the perfect... I, I just, I can't, I can't quite do it there. So, I mean, especially when, you know, right now he's still coming off the board ahead of guys like Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh Gordon even. Like, Oh, come on. I can't, I can't Josh take Amari Gordon, Cooper before no, any of those agreed, guys. Agreed, agreed. I'm with you. But I, I think if he, if he fell far enough in your draft, I think some people are going to let him fall. And if he's still there in, like, late 5-6, like, that could be a nice value for you right there. Uh, and then on the flip side, guys that maybe we are sort of fading in some of these middle rounds, guys that, you know, maybe maybe their their draft price has gotten a little bit too spicy. Uh, you know, maybe there's just something about them that we, we are kind of nervous about. And I'm looking at, for one, Kenyon Drake, who I was I was I was so so on to begin with, I just wasn't sure what to make you of him. Just love and Frank now, Gore, that's all that matters. Uh, there's to also you. that, yes, because <laughs> Frank Gore is going to outlive all of us, right? Like we will all be long dead and buried, and Frank Gore will still be an RB three. Like that's just how life's going to work. Mm-hmm. Now we're hearing reports that there may be a split. This may be more of a committee than we thought, and so now that fourth round draft prize for Kenyon Drake looks. Way too steep yep. for me. I think like both things have happened, right? I think Gore has fallen too far and Drake has gone too high. I think it'll be interesting to see the split because I think that Drake will get the short passes. I think that I don't think they're going to give those to Gore that just based on what we've seen so far. And I guess that that game to watch is they play the Ravens on Saturday. So that's a good one to see because that's a defense that is a scarier defense, right? So right. ultimately – for me, I'm staying away. From, like the Dolphins can't earn a first down. Like that's a really big problem. <laughs> that is a fantasy. problem. I mean, it's a problem in real life, but it's also a really big problem in fantasy. Like their third down conversion percent or the number of first downs they earn that like also factors in second down and first downs earned on first down. Um, that is a really big deal if you're not on the field you can't score me fantasy points stay off my team <laughs> you know i think get it's off even, my lawn <laughs> i think it's even more interesting when you talk about you know now they're you know we've seen all sorts of weird scoring systems in leagues i've seen a lot more leagues with points per first down and i think that's kind of an interesting i kind of like that one too. i like that one too like because i'm i, just, oh, I am a sure. vowed i am a vowed uh you know, opposition member of the you know ppr group like i think ppr is overrated i think it's stupid so like i feel like points per first down uh, is kind of an interesting mix. So I like, like points for first down, and I also like um, if you have like I don't think like last year the Jarvis Lander stuff used to drive me crazy mm-hmm. because he would have a million catches for three inches. He, I mean, he is one of the reasons why I think PPR is dumb. Like I don't understand how how just in in a league that is now slanted toward passing the football, right? That that the rules are slanted toward quarterbacks and wide receivers. Look, I know it's it is difficult to catch a pass, and I'm not saying I can walk out here and become a, a top notch wide receiver. But for these sure guys who can. do it, catching the football, the simple act of catching the football on its own should not necessarily be equal to moving the ball ten yards down the field. I just can't. Buy Agreed. It. I can't buy it. Agreed. So I'll give you a quarter point PPR. I can I can abide that, but a full point just seems. I like, like the so first much. down though. Like I really I'm gonna look into that for sure. Um, by the way, the other one that I'm gonna beat you with, mm-hmm. and I saw freaking Harmon. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, he's Love fallen him. way too far. Love him. I, I'm with you, but I, luckily I can pick maybe pick ahead. Of, I don't know whatever. The, round depends, yeah, depends what depends round, the round right? But like that's one who I think people are like, like oh, they're gonna be terrible. Uh, Case Keenum's a huge upgrade. He's an upgrade. Where are we talking about him? He's an upgrade, and and he loves slot receivers. And I know, and I just have this feeling that we'll see a lot more of Emmanuel Sanders in the slot, which 100%. I think will do something. Plus the fact, I keep saying this, at their peak, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas gave you near equal production. Exactly. And Sanders is coming off the board like three rounds later. I, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, you right. guys keep doing that. I know. I feel bad for saying this out loud because this may come back to bite us in the end. But, you know, yeah. if you've got the choice, if, you know, you're looking at Demarius Thomas, why not wait a couple of rounds and go get yourselves an Emmanuel Sanders and feel much better uh, about the value you're getting? Um, I'm with you. Now to the end, the very end, the the last pick in your draft. You know, we know that, you know, you get to the end and you you wait on defenses and kickers or whatever. But then there's always kind of that last round pick, right? That guy that you're taking a dart throw at off the board. And I got one for you. Okay. That that I love. Okay, go for it. Steal it. it, I'm going to be so mad at you. Well, now that you're telling me, I mean, I will. I I make no promises. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at Shelton Gibson. Oh, okay. Eagles. Okay, with the okay. Eagles. I think he caught a 57 or 58-yard 
touchdown pass mm-hmm. in a preseason game, which means he's obviously going to go ham this season. Of course. Because that's all so that's, that matters. That's how it happens. Right. No, I like this kid. I like watching him. I like watching him on film. I like watching all the different places they've lined him up at tra- during training camp. Mm-hmm. And I think this could be one that on those weeks where you're like, geez, like, <laughs> you know, like it, it, we haven't seen anything from Alshon Jeffrey yet. We, we got to see how they're going to use it. They had 10 different people on the Eagles staff that caught touchdown passes <laughs> last season. And 17 different people scored a touchdown. That's ridiculous. That diversity doesn't happen on every team. So this is a team where I genuinely think there could be room for a Shelton Gibson. I think he's actually, to me, for, based on what I've seen from target percentage, mm. I think he's jumped past Kamar Aiken. He's jumped at, like There's a number of people who I think he's ahead of mm-hmm. on the depth chart. Which so is that's one that I like. Because looking down that Eagles receiver depth chart, too, Mac Hollins was a name that – you know. I know last year there were times people kind of got interested in him, and in the preseason or in training camp, Mac Holland's name kind of came up. So there are there are some other guys there, and yeah. especially if Alshon Jeffrey starts the year on the pup list, that means there are targets to be had for some of these guys down the depth chart a little bit. I just like a good like like sleeper pick like that that's going to come up out of nowhere and be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like there we go, I beat you with Shelton Gibson. Like yep. that just makes me happy, right? You like, know, and infinitely I was infinitely happy. So I was you know poking around on the internet as I am want to do and. Uh, our pal, friend of the show, Mike Taglier, who we had on just a couple of weeks ago, wrote a piece about guys you might want to target with the last pick in your draft. And one of the names that jumped out at me, and especially after watching him last weekend, is TJ Yeldon. And now, if you've been you know, following along with me, you know I have never really been a huge TJ Yeldon fan. No, you fan. haven't. My, nope. <laughs> my argument has been that I like running backs who don't necessarily fall down of their own accord because TJ Yeldon, it seems like he just needed you know, maybe to do some yoga, get the balance right or something. But he catches the ball well. We saw a lot of that last weekend. And the the Jaguars, I don't think, have a solid number two behind Leonard Fournette. And for all the things Fournette does great, and I'm a big fan of him, he, he's not a big part of their passing game. So that means that TJ Yeldon, as a late-round dart throw, might actually have some value in PPR leagues. I'm, I'm, I, I know, again, I, I have always been a detractor, but... I'm starting to maybe change my tune a little bit and buy in on TJ Yeldon as kind of a deep sleeper this year. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to I, I like the reasoning for it. I have a hard time on Jaguar offense in general, mm-hmm. but if you're saying deep, deep sleeper, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean like again, I, I'm not I don't think you're drafting TJ Yeldon and expecting him to be an every week starter. I think you're drafting him, you see how it works. Because, like, think about this. How many times that last pick in your draft, you hold on to that guy for a week or two, realize it's not working out, and then you just, like, cut him and you make a waiver pick. So right. there's it's kind of like a healthy relationship, actually. <laughs> like, you, you, just things get rid of him. Things aren't working out. It's very healthy. You know, yeah. so, the, you know, after, our separate ways. So after a couple of weeks, you just text TJ and you're like, hey, bro, it's just not working out. Um, I think I'm going to see other running backs. And uh, <laughs> and you go on about your life. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to watch there. All right. So now a couple of, of individual kind of draft things. I feel like we can't have a draft extravaganza conversation without talking about quarterbacks, right? Who are those? Yeah. You know what? They're, they're, this is the thing. They are a onesie position, right? And I, that's a, that's a, a coin that I believe our friend J.J. Zacharyson, uh, the late-round quarterback, mm-hmm. has coined, where you start one By guy. By the way, can I say something about J.J.? I really sure. like J.J. J.J.'s good More people. baby pictures. <laughs> More baby pictures I, you know what he just he just had a child he's he's now, no i love it i'm actually saying more somebody was yeah. tweeting him that he tweeted too much I'm like what right people, this no crazy I, more seriously i mean jj i think you know he's already said that he's going to use his child and, ma- and make her into a meme exactly <laughs> so expect Listen, that. dave damashek does it best he like made his his baby pick games like yes. come on the child needs to be involved what is this is football is Look, family i am going hashtag in, football is family i am going into my eighth season here at the national football league and i will say one of the best pieces of content we have ever done is football baby it's great football baby was amazing it, now football exactly. baby is like football infant football no, toddler no more than that like football baby could like, like throw a ball further like, than dave football co- football <laughs> baby has a better arm than dave damashek so football kindergartner or something, something like that. So maybe JJ can uphold the tradition right. of the fine football baby. Right, exactly. Okay. Like a whole End line scene. of football babies. Anyway, sorry. talking about quarterbacks <laughs> here, you know, I think it's pretty much consensus that Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback Who's off he? the board. Uh, you know, this, this new kid up in Green Bay. Okay, like, we'll, see if, we'll see if he sticks around. We'll find <laughs> out. But after Aaron Rodgers is gone, who is your number two fantasy quarterback right now? That's so – it's funny that you ask that question because I don't even look at – like, I barely look right. at quarterbacks. And, like, and most people – a lot of people wait or, on quarterbacks. Or right? I look at quarterbacks 
only insofar as are there is there an increase in RPOs this season? Is mm-hmm. there what are they doing different? I'm gonna go. I mean, I think most people would say probably Tom Brady's number two. I would I would guess, but I'm saying like I'm actually looking at either. It's hard for me to toss it between Russell Wilson because he ain't got nobody else up there right. to help him out, or maybe Cam Newton. But I actually kind of like Carson Wentz. Wow. Okay. I know I, know I might be in the minority here. I, but I mean, I know a lot of people like him. I haven't seen him. Go that high. That's a that's a that's a I know. big bold take. It's a little right? bold. It's a little bold. It's a little bold. It's a little spicy. A little bold. And I also always believe Drew Brees is never gets the respect that he deserves. Yeah, I, from th- the fantasy community, this is a year sure. where he has definitely fallen back a little bit. And and the way I look at it is because, like last year, that team changed in the sense that you know they ran the ball more between their defense Kamara was good. and their defense was good. Yeah, Kamara and Ingram <laughs> ran the ball. Their defense so was it. It wasn't like Breeze needed to go out and put up 45 points a game for the Saints to be successful. And I think if they continue with that recipe, it's a situation where Drew Breeze will be a good real football player and maybe just an okay fantasy player. And I think I think that's the distinction. I just always make. think people like like put him outside of their top 12, right? If there's typically 12 people in your mm-hmm. league, people are like, oh, no, he's not on our top. What, he's nice backup. I'm like, name yeah, no. me 11 better than him. No, you know, I, like, I can't do that's that. That's ridiculous. He's so. still in my top 10. He's just, he is exactly. kind of in the back half of my top 10, but he's still in my top 10. So I, to I me, can't. it's like Cam Russ. That's, I mean, Cam Russ, Carson, like those are, yeah. it's not Tom. I'm sorry. I have, it's not Tom for me either. I've, I've landed on Russell Wilson a lot. Um, I, I, I can make a case for Cam, although I just worry that, you know, at some point they are going to, I, I'm, they're not going to. I don't think there's a way to purposely rein him in from running because he has been the Panthers' best goal line back for the last three or four years. Uh, but I just worry because he's taken a lot of punishment when he runs the football, and I wonder if he's going to maybe start to slow down just a little bit. But I don't know. know. I saw I saw him in person. And I was like, uh, <laughs> nope. That he's that's he's bigger than Demarcus Ware. He's still huge for sure. He is still <laughs> huge. I don't know. I I guess I don't know. I I want him <laughs> to be. I want him to be awesome still. I think a lot of us do. So we'll see what happens there. Um, now onto the rookies, right? Yeah. So obviously there was there was a lot of hype about this rookie running back class, right? And uh. when when everybody was drafted and we got to training camp, you know, there was so much excitement about. I mean, we knew about Saquon, right? And I've I've kind of separated him from the rest of the group, right? There's the Saquon division, and then there's the non-Saquon division, right? right. So we were so excited about guys like Darius Geis and Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman, and, and you know, keep going, uh, all these guys in the in this draft class. As we've gotten to the start of the season now, Geis unfortunately is hurt and out for the year. Ronald Jones so far in training camp has been a disappointment. Chubb. Nick Chubb has really been nowhere to be found in Cleveland. I mean, bless so, him. Bless, yeah. I mean, it's been he's been the Jarvis Landry. Show. I mean, Carlos Hyde has has come back almost from the the fantasy dead now to be a thing again. <laughs> so like outside of Saquon now, which which rookie running backs have really caught your eye in this thing? I I as a person from Michigan, mm-hmm. this pains me because I'm actually like take a lot of pride in being a suffering Lions fan. Okay. So having hope is like really very difficult for me. Carry on Johnson though, mm-hmm. that could be one of your later like Theo Riddick gets hurt right. a lot. Mm-hmm. So Carry on Johnson could actually be kind of that like I'm I'm not calling him a bell cow. It's not <laughs> but he could be that volume guy mm-hmm. that pads your team in the middle somewhere, you know, in the middle of the season when theoretic is God forbid, but right. possibly probably hurt or something's happened. Like like Garrett Blunt might steal the goal line carries and, you know, stop thinking Matt Patricia is going to do everything just like the Patriots on offense, because right. that's just, they don't have the same offense. <laughs> right. so it's not going to happen. But I mean, between, I don't know, Amir Abdullah hurt often, theoretic mm-hmm. hurt often, I think Carrion Johnson might have a real chance here. Yeah, and you know, God, I, that pains me. I was not big on Carrion Johnson coming out of the draft. I thought, Neither was I. I thought he was, you know, kind of good at a lot of things. I didn't think he was great at any one thing. And, and having stuck in that backfield with Legarrette Blunt, and you mentioned Abdullah and Theo Riddick, it just didn't seem like there was opportunity there. But you might be right. I think I think the path is slowly being cleared for Carrion Johnson to kind of get some volume. And I also like I also hate to give the Lions any shine here either because they're <laughs> terrible. But the their O line. I mean, Frank Ragnow, that was their first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's the guard. He's been better on the left side. Taylor Decker's back from injury. Like, O-lines are everything right. when it comes to both 
quarterbacks, meaning opportunity for your wide receivers in passing situations and your tight end, and also for your running back. Right. Like, if you have a crappy O-line, your running back has a really bad chance to do well. Ask Joe Mixon. (laughs) <laughs> Look at that. I mean, for all the, all the hype around Joe Mixon and all his talent, last year the Bengals couldn't open up holes for him, and, and right. he was a non-factor uh, fantasy-wise. Uh, okay, any any God, rookie say that. any rookie quarterbacks or tight ends that you were looking at? I mean, they're, they're rookie quarterbacks who are making headlines. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be fantasy-relevant this year, and we right. know tight ends are sort of hit and miss in their first year, but anybody from those two groups that has caught your eye? You always got to look at Dallas. I, I like this right. is a weird. It's a weird. It's hard to even say. That. Actually, I'm going to say something about Miami, and I've said stay away from Miami, and I remain stay away from Miami. But mm. you could for later in the season, not the beginning of the season, but later in the season, you might want to take a look at anything Miami does with tight ends. Gasecki, mm-hmm. he was their pick, and. I don't think he could he could become more of a factor. I don't know, but if you look at the past and like the Adam Gase offense and the strategy, if they're able to earn first downs, good chance they're using their tight end. I mean, he made Zach Miller a thing a couple right. of years ago, right? So that's one that I'm looking at. But I don't know. You always got to see what's going on in Dallas. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's going to catch any passes, but I think that could be one that could emerge later on. Again, not nothing for now yeah I'm, I'm curious I, stay I, away now I, I do like Gasicki I mean he's kind of the one guy that I said out of the draft out of the NFL draft that that could make an impact as a rookie I'm starting to kind of buy into Hayden Hurst a little bit yep. in Baltimore maybe it's because I just like the red hair coming out of the back of his helmet um, well, who wouldn't like that right it's fantastic I actually think like the Crabtree element there is the one that's really yes. emerged for me like I think the Ravens I think Crabtree is undervalued so mm. I would stay away from Hayden Hurst more than I I like Crabtree more than I like Hayden Hurst. Right, that but, makes sense. Yeah, uh, I also have believing in the hashtag Fleckconnaissance. Like, I mean, it's coming <laughs> back, right? It's coming back this year. Uh, also, uh, I'm I'm very interested to watch the Eagles. We will see them on Thursday night against the Cleveland Browns. So, depending on when you listen to this podcast, that game may have already been played. But and if it and if it has, it was wonderful. It was fantastic. Wasn't it? it was a great game, God, man. That was a good game. Did you see that one catch? That was fantastic. That was so good. That was great. And David Joku is <laughs> the tight end of choice. This um, David Njoku is undervalued, but whatever. I is undervalued. But I would say I, I'm interested to see how the Eagles use Dallas Goddard. I mean, I know Zach Ertz is their main tight end, but we saw them use two tight ends a lot last year, which mm-hmm. helped Trey Burton get himself a nice deal in Chicago. So I'm curious to see how they use Dallas Goddard and whether or not he's ready to take on that, that sort of Trey Burton role in the offense. This well, year. I have a question for you about Jordan Reed. I know sure. he's, not, um, he's not a, a rookie. rookie. Right. Do you think he's going to play? Like ever? Like uh, how I mean, many games? Eventually, yeah. More or less than six games. I'm going to go more, but less than 10. Okay. So, so like eight games. Eight or nine games. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So That's something really important to know when you're It kind drafting. of is important to know. I mean. It's like a big, big, and, big deal when you know, you're drafting. I, I don't think, you know. So I think, would you take David Njoku or would you take, or would you take. Um, Jordan Reed? Yep. Thank you for reminding me of his name that I forgot Man, within 30 I would, seconds. I would probably I would probably just go with David Njoku just because, yeah. like. Me too, 100%. I don't want to have to deal with that that. A hundred times out of a hundred, I would take. David I just don't want to have to deal with that fear there. So that's going to be yeah. – yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm really curious about. Yeah. It's been a long offseason without football, but FanDuel has spent it getting into the best shape of their lives. That means FanDuel is ready for more because, I mean, they're BSOHL. More ways to play, more ways to challenge your friends, and most importantly, more ways to win. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. They have all kinds of contests just for casual fans. In particular, beat the score contests are great because they pay out everyone who hits a certain score. So all you have to do is finish in the money to split an equal share of the cash. FanDuel also has new options for playing with your friends because the only thing better than winning cash is winning your friends' cash. Heck yeah. Best of all, FanDuel is doing their part to make the preseason bearable with preseason fantasy contests running up to week one of the NFL. Right now, you can get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. That's free money right there. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. That's FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Live. Age and state restrictions apply. Uh, so that's our thoughts about some of these draft strategies. We'll talk a little bit more about it. But first, a man who has a lot of draft strategies. Love we'll go- Bob Harris. We will go to the phones. 
Joined now by one of my favorite people. I say this a lot, but this really is one of my favorite people in the uh, the fantasy Twitter space. Uh, it is Bob Harris. You can find him on Twitter at Football Die Hard. Uh, you can find his work at Football Die Hard. You can hear him on Sirius XM Radio. He and the folks over at Football Die Hards every year. If you want a physical copy, if you need to be one of those people who has a physical copy of a magazine to take into your fantasy draft with you, they do a great job over there. Also, a little bit of shameless self-promotion. I helped contribute some things. I was part of their mock draft. I wrote some things for them. So, uh, in a little bit of shameless self-promotion, uh, I'm going to get myself in there, too. So make sure you pick that up, too, if that's what you like to do. Bob, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for the time. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Any better, I have to mess something up just to keep the karma in balance, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, want to start. You uh, said recently on one of your shows, uh, you were talking about Adrian Peterson. Obviously, he just signed in Washington, and you said, Adrian Peterson is the guy you talk up and get someone else to own while you're drafting <laughs> Fit Rob <laughs> Kelly later on. I think that tells me everything that I need to know about how you feel about Adrian Peterson. But it, it, So is this because you don't believe in AD, or is this because you, you, you believe in Rob Kelly? Look, you don't get to be as old as I am by going around tugging carelessly on or needlessly on the cape of Superman. Right? <laughs> it's not wise. At this point, though, not as super. Look, I, I, and here's the thing. I mean, we, we, you know, fantasy owners in general, you know, as a, as, as a group, and I am part of this group, so this is about me too. You know, we, we're like sharks. You put a drop of blood in the water and we all, you know, make haste to get there. But we are also little less sharky more fishy in that you throw a lure in the water and we all <laughs> run to that equally quickly right and and so i i think peterson might be a case of more lure than blood uh for me and so look i think it's not like i'm saying he can't do well <laughs> i'm saying if we look at maybe last year his run in arizona where there were two games that gave you just enough hope to keep playing him and then the other games were, you know, one yard to carry, 1.9 yard to carry, 1.4 yard to carry, uh, 1.9. I mean, I think he's more that guy than the four-plus yard per carry guy, which may be enough for Washington. Hell, I, I don't know. But, but I've already seen the switch. I'm in a draft right now. It's a bizarre IDP league, so we're, you know, in the 20th-something round. But right after, you know, the signing, he was, he was immediately drafted, and, and I got Rob Kelly about five rounds later, and I'll take that all day. You know, and I think the guy that we have stopped talking about for some reason is Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. And, and not that not that he's great, you know, but he's not out for the year. He's going to come back. And I feel like even if he's not special, he's enough, I feel like, to wreck somebody else's season. I just feel like somehow we have just excluded him from this whole conversation. We have. And Byron Marshall, I mean, look, anything can happen at running back, right? And I guess, you know, the, the telling thing for me is the, the way he's paid. I mean, he's paid as what he is a guy who has to show them he can contribute to make the roster or he's not getting paid and they're not out any money. So, look, I, I would love to see him come back again as a fellow old fellow. It would be <laughs> grand to see us succeed on a big level, but I, my expectations are fairly low. They were last year. Uh, he, I thought the two games for Arizona were surprisingly effective, and, you know, some of that was the blocking. Some of that was clearly he broke off some longer runs. I think he's more, you know, my friend Matt Waldman at Football Guys wrote a piece about this, and, basically said he's more of the, you know, he'll break you off a 30-yarder. He's not breaking off those 70, 80 yards anymore. <laughs> That's kind of it. So you talk about signings, and looking down at Tennessee, Rashard Matthews just recently signed a deal with the Titans, kind of an extension down there. And, you know, people are trying to figure out what to make of it because it's not a whole lot of money. It's not a big deal. But Rashard Matthews has sort of been one of those, you know, th those late-round picks that fantasy analysts have kind of glommed onto. I mean, is there anything – are we reading too much into this signing? Is there anything to make about this deal that Rashard Matthews and the Titans came to? No, I think the thing that's appealing about Rashard Matthews is he has some demonstrated chemistry with Marcus Mariota, which not a lot of other receivers there have, at least in game conditions. <clears throat> Hearing some great things about Taewon Taylor – we are all hearing the great things about Corey Davis. <clears throat> we know that Rashard Matthews has not been on the field yet. So if you're, you know, if you want a piece of that, but you don't want to pay for it right now, Matthews should be that guy. He should be sticking down a little bit. And I do think there'll be a role given the signing. Um, but there are, there are some other talent there. And uh, I think the hope for us is that some of that talent emerges. Um, Taylor in, in particular said all my dynasty roster and, uh, and the Matthews is kind of remains what he's been. And, and that would be kind of my expectation. Although this offense is going to evolve. 
You know, Bob, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, we've started to hear more out of Tennessee. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the Rashard Matthews signing. You mentioned Taewon Taylor. We know about their backfield situation. Corey Davis has been everybody's favorite sleeper wide receiver. Uh, and I know you, you actually had Terry McCormick, uh, the beat writer for the Titans, on your show recently. Are, are we overlooking this offense? Is there maybe more in Tennessee than we're giving them credit for? I don't know. I think we're kind of like we're all intrigued by it. Look, I, 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 I harken back to the era of Frank Coyle, the old draft analyst who – used to have the Hindu theory that, you know, this guy is going to be the next this guy. And I think we do that just as analysts and fans with offenses as well. And so we watched the success in San Francisco last year with Kyle Shanahan. We watched the success of the Rams with Sean McVay. And then we see in Chicago, the new offensive-minded coach, we think great. And then we see in Tennessee, or look, the exotic six smash mouth had gone way more smash mouth than exotic uh, (laughs) in recent times. And we see Matt LaFleur, who, who's worked with both, you know, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And we have some hope, uh, something to, co- to hang our collective fantasy hats on. They've been a run-first team uh, during all of Mariota's first three seasons. And, and, and look at Mike Rabel's history, too, playing for uh, Bill Belichick in the past versus the offense and playing for Bill, or coaching with Bill O'Brien, you know, it's a similar thing. And so you bring in LaFleur's time as an assistant with McVay and Shanahan, both very pass-heavy coaches, and, and at least they, you, you would expect a, a more balanced approach, a little less run-heavy, and the arrival of Deion Lewis suggests the same as well. So I do think it's something we need to pay attention to here because I think there is going to be some change coming. And maybe it's not the, that you can only draft the top two targets, right? Maybe you can draft three or four deep on this. Talking to Bob Harris, uh, senior editor at Football Diehards, also a host on Sirius XM Radio. Now, Bob, you and I had the good fortune to uh, hang out in person uh, last week in Canton, Ohio, for the Kings Classic Draft. And you know, we talk a lot about you know, the conventional kind of snake serpentine drafts here, but we also did an auction along with that. And I know that's you know, it's gaining in popularity, but I know there are a lot of people who don't do them or maybe encountering them for the first time. So if, if you were talking to somebody going into their first auction draft, what, what advice, what sort of strategies would you have for them? Well, two things. I, I would just remind them that, you know, this is a draft where you have a chance to get every single player. It's not like a snake where, I mean, just by the nature of the draft, you're going to lose out on a lot of prospects. You have a chance to get in on every one. The second piece of advice I would give is, is do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> because I'm as easily caught up. And, and drafts, it's so funny because I look back at this, the auction that we were in, and you see a lot of the things that happen. Look, I'm, I'm aggressive in bidding people up. Nobody gets a free pass when I'm drafting. There is no minimum bids if I can help it. Similarly, there's no, you know, cheap Aaron Rodgers. And so you know, I, I got a little in front of that one. I had no intention of, of, of bidding on him that high, but I was, I, it seemed to be rolling. But that's the thing. You, early in drafts, a lot of money flies off the board. A lot of emotion. If you can be a little, and I was trying to leverage that by bidding up, but if you can sit back a little bit, <clears throat> there was a fellow at this draft. His name was Marcus Grant. Had a hell of a Never lot heard of money him. at the end. Never heard of him. Hell of a lot of money at the end. And, you know, Brad Evans from Yahoo, our buddy, kind of put it, you know, he wants to be the bully. I think you had the, you know, you had the bully, uh, bully bucks there. And that's kind of the goal is to have that money at the end. There's going to be a ton of players. And as you see the guys, some of the bigger names going off, don't panic. Uh, you know, sit back, keep your reserves in place, and, and get in on the bidding heavily when everyone else has diminished their resources a bit. Uh, all the, the other format that is gaining in popularity that maybe not everybody has gotten hip to quite yet is the best ball leagues. And, and I know, you know, the, mm-hmm. the MFLs, the MFL 10s have gained in popularity. It's it's wild to see, you know, the day after the right. Super Bowl, people are already drafting best ball leagues. But when you're when you're looking at a best ball league, versus, say, a conventional draft, what sort of things should people be looking out for? What kind of prospects should they be looking out for in those leagues? Right, we're looking for the best ballsier players, right, Doug? The guys that are – because it's a set-and-forget league. So you draft your league. There is no roster management. There is no lineup required. Your best lineup is selected from what the scores are. So you can grab those kind of spike players later on in drafts that are going to have the big game here and there, you know, some of the quintessential best ball guys, Mike Wallace, Ted Ginn, uh, goal linebacks have a tendency to show up for a game, you know, maybe get two or three touchdowns. And you don't have to predict when that happens. You just have to know that it does happen at some point. And so I think the, the fun thing for me about best balls, and yes, guilty, I was in there right after the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and, and my my serious co-host, Mike Dempsey, though, is up to 150 now. So I wow. haven't gone to his level yet, but <clears throat> but I'm getting there. 
Um, but yeah, I, I kind of use it as a laboratory for my season-long draft. Uh, in terms of the first half of the draft, it's pretty similar to a regular draft. And uh, it's kind of in the second half and with the late round flyers that you try and, you know, toss the dart at guys that maybe have a little something, you know. And, I mean, in these drafts, it's not unusual to see Jeremy Hill go late. It's not unusual to see uh, wide receivers that, you know, maybe are going to show up once or, once or twice a year. Uh, you know, John Ross might go just based on his speed alone in the hope that he can catch a long one. So I think those are the kind of uh, the, the kind of changes you make. You, you get a little uh, – you get way – you can go way deep – on your dart tosses in the second half of the draft, and you never have to worry about lining them up at the right time. It happens for you automatically. I love that part. Oh, Bob, uh, as I let you go, one thing I like to always ask my guests, I, I, what I call the pick of pop, the thing in pop culture, whatever it is, a movie, a book, a TV show, that uh, you are digging right now that you feel like you got to share with the rest of the world. So, look, I live in Albuquerque, so Breaking Bad fan. I love Better Call Saul right now. I think everyone should watch it. But I, I need to go off the board with this. There's a... Uh, show I watched as a child that was one of my favorite things, stuck in my memory forever still. And, uh, and it was a show called Kolchak, the Night Stalker. <laughs> and one of the most amazing things that I've seen in the last couple of years was last off season, you went through and you did each and every episode a thorough and very, uh, just a spot-on review of every single show. Go to marketgrant.com, everybody. Go to the blog, scroll down a little bit. If you want to be thoroughly entertained and revisit something from the past, look, I screamed every week when I watched that as a 13-year-old. <laughs> I screamed with laughter as I read it because you catch this thing just spot on. Great job of that. I'm going to read them all again now that I've re-looked at them. Oh, well, I pre- the check's in the mail, Bob. I appreciate that. That was uh, you know, it was something I did as just in the offseason to keep myself interested, just something to, to pass the time. and. Uh, oddly enough, it found an audience, which is sort of weird, but I appreciate that. Uh, it's been... It was me. I was the audience. All those uh, 40 burner accounts that I was encouraging you to do more from. Oh, man, I appreciate it. So, yeah, now I will – so, everybody, I will tweet out the link for it to anybody who's interested in reading it. Go back. and It was it was a fun thing to do, and so I, I appreciate that, Bob. But as always, great stuff, Bob Harris. Uh, look forward to seeing you on the Internet, sir. Can't wait. We'll talk soon. Thanks to Bob Harris for his time. You can check him out on Twitter at Football Die Hard. You can read his work at Football Die Hard. You can also hear him on Sirius XM Radio. Always happy. He's one of my favorite people. Bob, Bob Harris whole industry. is just great people, yeah. man. He absolutely is. So uh, I was I was glad to spend some time with him in Canton uh, about a week ago. Oh, and so, uh, fun. Yeah, I didn't know it was, that. It was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm glad to have him on, on the podcast. Anyway, we've been talking draft strategies. And, you know, the thing about it is there's always these guys late in in the draft or the guys you see in the preseason that get a lot of hype, right? They get a lot of excitement. But the question is, is it real? Is it imagined? Are they a hero? Are they a hype bunny? Give me that drum loop. All right, so here are some guys. I just want to get your thoughts just real quick, whether you think they're a hero or a hype bunny. We'll start in Carolina. Curtis Samuel. Hype bunny. Hype bunny. So you're not you're not buying Curtis Samuel this year. I would like to know, save for a few games here or there, tell me some consistency of wide receivers in Carolina over the past three years. I'll not wait. Great. Not great. I'll wait. Not great. All right, okay. so uh, moving on to Arizona. Rookie wide receiver Christian Kirk, hero or hype bunny? This one's like a – you know what? This one's like a, a hero wrapped in a hype bunny's clothing <laughs> because I think they're going to need someone to catch passes in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who it's going to be. And if it's Josh Rosen, I think that rookie-to-rookie connection is, could be a valuable – They've been practicing together, right. so to me, that could make him a hero. Okay. But I think he's in hype bunny clothing. In hype bunny clothing. I will say this. If you play in a league where you get yards and touchdowns for individual kick returners, Christian Kirk, I think, has a little more value. I know not everybody plays in those leagues, but if you do, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, in Pittsburgh, James Washington has made some really dope catches in the preseason. Is he a hero or a hype bunny? He's a preseason all-star. <laughs> That's what I think. All right. Stay away. Um, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a Debbie Downer over I here. I know. You really are. Like, I started the show on a downer. Now you're ending it on the, like, you know, I, I, think this, I think we were made to be partners on this, uh, on this exactly. podcast here. Uh, okay. Then stay in Pittsburgh with James Conner, the running back that ostensibly is the number two behind Le'Veon Bell. He's been great in the preseason. Is he a hero or a hype bunny? <laughs> the preseason all-star, huh? Um, all right. Uh, a guy that I started to kind of catch on to lately. You just like his name. I, I do. Um, 
John Kelly in Los Angeles. We know we know it's going to be all about Todd Gurley, but if you are into handcuffing running backs and something, not that I'm wishing it, but if something were to happen to Todd Gurley, John Kelly seems like the guy. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? How many bench spots do you have? Because if you're going to do that handcuff, it's a great handcuff to have. Mm. But if you only have, like, five bench spots, right. I probably would. Just keep an eye on it. You know, right. a little waiver wire action exactly. later on. Exactly. It's probably got to keep an eye on it. Uh, another guy who's had a big preseason, especially last week, a couple of touchdown catches, Taewon Taylor in Tennessee. Hey, that's some alliteration I know. for you. I know. Uh, I, and I just love it. Hero or hype bunny for, uh, for Taewon Taylor? Oh. Okay, so <sighs> I don't hate him. <laughs> okay. I, I, I remember watching, like, his draft stuff. It was interesting, very interesting. He could be an impactful player here. And we don't know anything about the Titans. Like, we I mean, don't. We don't know anything. So, again, depth of your bench. This could be this could, this could be a bit, a bit of a hero, but not a week one type of right. look at. Like, not a – I don't know. That could be an end of your draft. That could be a great end of draft pick. All right. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, we'll go with – Jordan Wilkins in the Colts' backfield. Marlon Max there. There's been a battle behind him between Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. Looks like Jordan Wilkins is taking the lead. Hero, hype bunny, or just stay away from the Colts' backfield. Stay away yeah. from the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from this next one, too. Uh, yeah, but the bird <laughs> alert. Really, Albert Wilson? Like, he's been hyped up in Miami. And mostly because, you know, me and Because they spent some money on him. They spent okay. some money on him. Plus, I just like yelling bird alert whenever he does something. But I, I guess you're telling me he's a hype bunny, right? Okay. You, you want to know my fun fact about Albert Wilson? Okay. So when I was tracking him, you can see he he visibly gains weight, or he did when he was in at the Chiefs, mm -hmm. right? Must be all that barbecue. Right. Um, when he gained weight, they wouldn't put him on longer routes, and he would get almost no targets. When he was thin, uh -huh. he would run longer. It, it was amazing. Wow. It was amazing. That so seems like motivation. Let's just see, like, maybe South Florida, like, he's got to keep it, you know. Right. There's no winter. Right. There's no sweaters. There's no sweater Look. weather. So maybe he could be a, you know, a later round kind of guy. Maurice Jones-Drew told me when he worked, he trained in South, in South Florida because you always got to keep it tight, like, all year long. Well, yeah, because there's bathing suit season. All year. 365. All year long. Um, Up in New York, Wayne Gold. He's going to be the number two behind Saquon Barkley. We know that for sure. I was never a huge fan, but uh, he's playing well. Hero or Hype Bunny? So I think he's going to be that thing that means that, like, the reason you don't overdraft Saquon Barkley is because of a Wayne Coleman. Mm -hmm. Not because, like, I think, I don't think he's going to be something that's going to contribute heavily to your fantasy team. Right. I think it's just remember that he's there when you're thinking about taking Saquon Barkley first overall, which you shouldn't do. Right, exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, last one, Chris Warren III. His father was an outstanding running back in his day, and now Chris Warren III making some noise in Raiders preseason. I mean, yes, there's Beast Mode and there's Doug Martin. So they got Beast Mode and Muscle Hamster. It's like a it's like a zoo back there in the, in, the, uh, in the Raiders' Where backfield. Where should he be, Chris Warren? I don't know. We got to come up with a name for we him. Do. Uh, well, it might be hype. It might be hype bunny. <laughs> it might be hype bunny, or will it, or will it be bunny. hero? I think it's a hype bunny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You got. I mean, Muscle Hamster looked great mm -hmm. in person, and so does obviously Beast Mode. Right. He doesn't get that name for no reason. So I just think that it's just too crowded. No, I would agree. I think there's. I just don't think there's enough opportunity. I, that was like around. all. I didn't say a single one that I. There's liked. no hero. I know. No heroes. I, here. I am the worst. No heroes. He's just a bunch of just a bunch of you know of civilians. Well, just a bunch no of preseason all stars, man. There we go. So I, the preseason pretty much is coming to an end for a lot of people. We you know again this is the third week. We'll see the starters for a long time in most of these games. Of course, in the week four of the preseason, we probably won't see any starters at all. I want to know one question before we go. What's that? How do you feel about Baker Mayfield and the underwear slash tiger? Uh, I, like you of all people probably have a take I care about. I immediately thought of the old LL Cool J walking with a Panther yes. uh, album cover. Yes. Um, I also want to know, like, how do the Browns feel about their number one overall pick walking around with, you know. I bet they love it. With like, you know, prey with predators and stuff like that. That seems, uh, you know, sort of risky, right? I just like I just want to see like how the other guys on the team have handled. Like there mm. it's got to be like the same size as the Sam Darnold poster. There's right. got to be like Oh, there's got to be one the somewhere room. in the locker room, right? Right. Like somebody's got to be doing funny stuff about it. I'm guessing it's probably David Njoku just based on, you know, watching him on Hard Knocks and stuff. It's definitely not Tarod. 
<laughs> he didn't I'm, do anything I'm actually, to care. I'm hashtag, hashtag let Baker live. You let know? Baker live. Let Baker live, let man. Let Baker live. Let that, dude, let that dude be his own thing. So, uh, A fun podcast. Always fun having you here, Cynthia. You know what? Wednesdays this season are going to be the best day of both of our weeks. Oh, will it? That's the day we're on Fantasy Live together. Oh. Every week. Sweet. Wednesdays. Then I'm down with that. Mark it down in your calendar. Put it on the board. Uh, thanks to Bob Harris. Thanks, of course, to Cynthia Freeland. Thanks to both producer Christina. We will miss you. Yes, uh, where are you going? I will miss you guys, too. I'll still be around, just right. not with this podcast. All Which right. pod are you doing we'll now? Which haven't been assigned to any. All right. We'll come, so we'll come and like hang out with us at I some will. point. So we'll thanks to happen. her. Thanks to Eddie Spaghetti as well as we get out of here. Always remember, time waits for no one. You can use draft room. We'll see you on Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.